If I could sum up everything I've learned from battling depression and anxiety for years, it would boil down to one thing. You are not alone. You see, so many of us are tormented by the insane idea that we're separate, disconnected beings, suffering all by our little lonesome selves. And I say this from experience. Then I began to open up and share my story. And voila, people showed up to tell me they were struggling too, or even more inspiring, that they had once struggled and since triumphed over their struggle. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, that's why it's important to open up and share your story. Which is why I'm proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is here to help you. They offer licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your own convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. From there, you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. So don't wait. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month today at betterhelp.com ddbn. That's betterhelp.com ddbn. We all experience changes in our mood based on what's going on in our lives. But someone who has bipolar disorder experiences mood swings, often without a specific cause, that are much more severe than average mood changes. Their mood swings between two opposite poles or extremes, depression and mania. These shifts in mood can be so severe that they disrupt that person's everyday life, affecting their relationships and their performance at work or school. If you or someone you know is struggling with extreme mood swings or drastic changes in behavior, it's important to understand the signs, symptoms, and treatments for a bipolar disorder. Today on the show, we're going to be discussing bipolar disorder. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's important to really understand and educate ourselves on the unique relationship this mental illness has with people. And Throughout the episode, you're going to hear me discuss just what that relationship is. But more importantly, you're going to hear the story of Brianna. Brianna is someone who battles with major depression, bipolar 2, and PTSD. She's a child that wasn't understood, a teen who thought she was crazy, and only being in abusive relationships. And that is until she started to get help and work on herself. These days... Brianna finds herself staying strong while being a single mom away from all family and friends in a new state, far away from home. No matter what, though, her main goal has always been to let people know that they're not alone. But more importantly than that, that you're amazing. I'm your host, JD, and this is What's Your Story?
All right, so I'm Brianna. Um, my introduction to mental health started about when I was a teenager. I didn't realize my journey would start that early. I just kind of struggled and didn't have anyone to help me or to lean on or advocate for me. It was more of just um, me trying to work through it and try to be a normal teenager while having these ups and downs and not knowing that it was um, me being bipolar and not understanding why other people weren't relating to me or how other people could go a whole year and not have lows and not have these crazy highs where I was going up and down and there were no particular reason for it. Um, Later on, probably about my early 20s, um, I got diagnosed for the first time as bipolar and hearing that term for some reason, just the stigma behind it was too much for me. Uh, So I just told them, nope, that's not right. Left the doctor's office, (laughs) never came back. I went on living my life with all these ups and downs, figured it was, you know, depression or, you know, came up with all these different reasons why in my head. I saw another doctor and a psychiatrist and therapist and they all work together and they're like, yeah, we think you're bipolar. And, you know, of course, I know better than all the professionals, so can't be right. Uh, Walked away again. (laughs) And then finally, about two years ago, I saw um, a third group of professionals and they told me I was bipolar. And I decided at this point, all right, maybe, you know. Bipolar depression is a mood disorder that causes someone to experience sometimes extreme mood swings that can last up to several weeks. They will swing between depression. They feel sad, disinterested, and withdrawn. And mania, which can look like several things. Euphoria, sleeping significantly less than usual, increased irritability, speaking faster than usual, uh, restlessness and difficulty focusing, increasing risky behaviors. And sometimes people experiencing mania may also experience symptoms of psychosis, which looks like disorganized thinking or delusions and hallucinations. Though bipolar depression is more common in adults, there are studies lately that show that close to 3% of teenagers have bipolar disorder. And of that group, more than 90% of those teenagers report having symptoms of bipolar disorder that are serious enough to disrupt their everyday lives. When we talk about bipolar disorder, there are three types of bipolar depression. Bipolar 1 disorder is characterized by those manic episodes lasting seven days or more and depressive episodes lasting two weeks or more. Manic episodes may be severe enough to require hospitalization. For those who struggle with bipolar 1, it's also possible for them to experience a mix of depressive and manic symptoms in rapid succession. With bipolar 2 disorder, Depressive episodes are broken up by episodes of hypomania. Hypomania is a less severe form of mania. Symptoms are milder and last for several days instead of a week or more. The rarest form of bipolar disorder is what we call cyclothymic disorder. It's a rare one, like I said, that causes emotional highs and lows that may go on for months at a time, but are not as severe as what happens in bipolar 1 disorder or bipolar 2 disorder. 
So I accepted it. It was really hard because, like I said, the stigma behind it, everyone assumes that, you know, you're crazy. You can't have a future. Um, you have all these ups and downs. You can't have a family. There's all these things that go into it, which is just not true. Uh, for starters, it looks different for every person. You can have the same diagnosis as someone else and it can look completely different. And that was something I never really thought of before. Uh, with me, I have bipolar and I have depression. So with bipolar 2 and depression, my lows are what I worry about instead of worrying about getting uh, manic highs because that almost never happens for me. So it's my lows that I worry about. And I didn't realize that's why I had such a hard time getting out of bed. And I thought it was just me being lazy for so long. So it kind of validated all these experiences I was having once I was willing to listen to people and start working through some of these problems. Another reason why it was so hard to accept being bipolar is because if you're bipolar, you're on medication for life. And that's a scary, scary thing to think about. If you have, um, you know, depression or something, there's hope that you can get off of it. There's, I mean, you're not guaranteed, but there's that hope where if you're bipolar, there's, there's no hope. It's going to be medication. It's going to be therapy. It's a lifelong thing you got to work through. And that's a scary thing to think about. It's scary to think about my kiddos might have it. Um, there's all these different variables that make it scary to, um, work through. But I decided since no one really talks about it, that I wanted to share my story. Um, I got online on Facebook one day and went live and kind of shared with everyone that this is new for me. And uh, what happened was exactly like I just said, went to, you know, three different doctors and groups and finally accepted that I'm bipolar. And this is what it looks like for me. Uh, I'm willing to talk about it, answer questions. If anyone else is bipolar and want to answer my questions, I would love that. And what happened was uh, my family was not very supportive, some of them. They thought, you know, sharing too much, it makes me look bad, um, possibly makes the family look bad, that I won't get jobs or, you know, that the stigma is going to come through. Um, and I realized that, you know, some people do feel that way still. And that made me want to share my story even more because I wanted to share that, you know, just because I'm bipolar, I can still be a good mom. I can still work. I can still do all these things that quote unquote normal people do. Um, so I also started a blog and a Twitter account. So that way I could post these updates, whether it's, you know, I had a low, this is what it looked like for me, but I've been able to get out of it by doing X, Y, Z. Um, I'll post when I had a good day, you know, sometimes that looks like just taking a shower and that's a win and that's okay. And just letting people know. Yeah. Letting people know they're not alone. And I think that's the biggest thing is I felt like I was alone. And then I went on Twitter and just did a post and just did hashtag, you know, bipolar 
and found all these people that were bipolar. And it just turned into this huge support group where all of us come together. We share our highs. We share our lows. Um, when we're really low, we all come together and really support each other. And it's just been a, an amazing place. You have your own little community that others don't you know, have necessarily, but we all share something pretty special. Um, one thing people don't realize about bipolar is we're also really creative. There's a flip side. There's some positives to it. And I think that was something that I didn't think about is we're creative. Um, everything we accomplish, we accomplish with this extra um, challenge. So we always can feel really good about these um, accomplishments. And I think that's something we need to remember is if we do accomplish something, it might seem small to other people. But to us, we had this extra thing hanging over our shoulders, our head, and we were able to push past it. What do you, what do you think got you to that point that is, is possibly different or unique to, you know, other people? Like you said, I mean, you know, certainly with everything, you're your experiences are, are going to be different and, 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 you know, better for better or for worse. But, you know, the steps of going like, I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to listen to you. I do want to listen to you. And then taking that and going, okay, I want other people to realize that. What do you think it was that I don't want to even call it like a switch or a light bulb or any like aha moment necessarily. Cause I, I think, I think, that's rare to happen. I think it's kind of like a buildup is what occurs, but I also feel like that doesn't necessarily happen, especially, you know, as you mentioned, it feels so defeatist, you know, that there's, you know, unfortunately, like it feels like there's a lack of hope, like you can't do anything, but you found, I wouldn't even go that far necessarily even right to call it hope. We'll just call it the fact that you, you came to a realization that I could be super creative and, I can use my voice to help connect other people in a community. What do you think it was that kind of bridged that gap for you that, that other people may miss that, that, you know, bend in the road to find that bridge. I had a therapist ask me, um, why I don't want change. And he said, you know, you, if you look at it both ways, if you stay on the course you're at, it's hard you're miserable, nothing changes. If you go and you make these changes, it's hard, it's difficult, there's hope for it to get better. And that really, really hit home for me. Yeah. And it made me realize that, you know, maybe there is a chance that I am bipolar. And if I am, maybe that explains these situations that I go through. It will explain these experiences. And with that, maybe there is hope for, you know, me to do better than what I was doing. If you are struggling with bipolar disorder, your symptoms can be managed with the right treatment. We can start with professional help. Think of bipolar disorder like any other medical condition that needs a doctor's attention. The earlier you seek help, the more likely it is that you will improve or to find effective ways of managing it. Left untreated, manic or depressive episodes can worsen. It can lead to acting out or in meaning people who experience this are at a heightened risk of hurting themselves or others. With the help of a mental health professional, bipolar disorder is manageable. 
If you are struggling with bipolar disorder, as we've mentioned, you're not alone. It's also important to know that there are resources available to help understand what you're experiencing and what to expect with treatment. If you struggle, you can ask your mental health professional questions, read books by and for people with bipolar disorder, and seek out articles about coping strategies for managing symptoms. Educating yourself is an important step in removing any potential shame or stigma around a bipolar diagnosis. And it seems like, you know, at least somebody kind of like like remove the, the layer of, you know, this is like a death sentence having this label. Cause you know, we always hear that like for some people it's like, that's a relief that you told me that, but for you, it was eventually (laughs) to some degree. Right. But the first two times it was like, there's that, that death sentence. Nope, not me. It's something else. Try again. And, you know, went back, you know, like you said, a couple of years later or whatever. And same thing. I was like, nope, I, that's still not the, that's not the life I had planned, you know? And so it sounds like somebody just kind of removed that layer almost and kind of brushed away that, you know, no, like, but at the same time, realistic that this is not fun. This is not, you know, without work or without, you know, you know, challenges and learning along the way, but at least also added in the fact that, Hey, like there's so much more that you can do with that. Did you feel that like instantly, or was it kind of like, 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 did you have to kind of process it, like walk home and go, I don't want to admit that this person's right. And that there is kind of a a bright side to this. It definitely took me a while. I'm very hard headed. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually ended up writing, um, like a pros and cons list for staying the same and for changing. And I looked at the pros and cons for staying the same. And the pros were it's easier because, you know, nothing, you don't have to change anything. Um, But that was the only pro. Everything else was a con, you know. And then I looked at the pros and cons for going in, really doing the work and seeing where I could be. And I realized that, you know, it could lead to me being a better mother. It could lead to me being a better person. Um, and one of the things I also had on the pros um, list is if I was, I could help others going through the same thing. So hopefully the next generation has more support yeah. and they're not that teenager in high school trying to balance out everything with no advocate and there is help for them. And it's not something to be ashamed of. Did you, did you start looking back, like as you know, the, the windows of your, your mind kind of opened up and you started realizing, you know, all of what this meant, did you start kind of retracing your steps and going, okay, that explains that moment in my life, or that explains that moment or, Oh, wait a minute. Like maybe this is what's going on. Did you start kind of piecing it all together and, and kind of like, you know, everything kind of like fell apart and you got to get the pick it, pick it back up or. Did you, did you not go backwards in, in time and, and try and like parse it out? At first, I would definitely did some mourning. It was, you know, like I said, that whole everything's going to change now that I've accepted it. Um, the future I thought I had is different because my goal at that time was to get off depression medicine. Mm-hmm. And then now you're being told, you know, you're going to be on this medicine for life. And medicine also has a stigma, you know. Sure just the idea of you're medicated, if you will. Um, so there was definitely a mourning process for me. Uh, but once I got through that, I really started looking back and 
thinking to myself, you know, that explains that there was a reason behind that. It wasn't just me being silly or me being lazy. It was, there were reasons behind it and it made me regret not listening the first time. And is that, I mean, I'm sure that's got to be part of your message now is that, you know, the education of that alone for people to, to kind of be more, I guess, conscious of that, um, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that's what this kind of could mean and, and, and what you can, can do with it. Um, I know that, you know, for me, when, you know, as you were using the words as far as like, you know, even with medicating, like, you know, as far as like what you can do with it or, you know, that having this, like, there is no, there's no end goal. Um, do you feel like that's a, that's something that we kind of tag on to, especially mental illnesses that, you know, so I'll give you an example for me, when I see people, you know, tell you that, you know, take these six steps and you can, you know, be stress-free or do these 10 things and, you know, your depression is gone. And to me, I don't think any of that ever goes away. And that, that's not being like, you know, pessimistic. That's just reality that you have no idea what lies ahead and you don't know what your, your life, you know, the, the world around you will do. Um, that the better, better use of words is like you said, to, to manage all these things. And did somewhere along the way, you know, did you not even just the medication part of managing everything? Did you kind of look inside yourself and that, okay, like I'm starting to build this, these tools, this skill sets to yes, still live with this, but also be better equipped at when, you know, things get really low and they're lower than they were. Do you feel that you've kind of learned to manage it and, and kind of release yourself from the fact that this isn't ever going to go away or no? Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about a balance. I've got, you know, therapy, I, my medication. Um, I walk daily uh, just to make sure there's something I'm doing when I get out of bed, uh, especially on those days where it's hard to get out of bed. Those are the most important days to walk. Yeah. Uh, if I'm ever feeling down, you know, having someone to talk to, that's why I always have on all my social medias, I usually have like my phone number or PM me or Anything, I always have my phone on me in case someone needs something. Sometimes just having that one person to talk to is all you need. Um, But one thing to mention that you talked about with those steps is people will try to be helpful and they'll say like, oh, just go outside. You'll feel better. Or, oh, just do X, Y, Z. And, you know, it will make you feel better. And sometimes when people say that, it can actually be hurtful. Yeah. Because, you know for that low day, maybe just getting out of bed was a huge step for us. Sure. So trying to shower, get out of bed and then go outside is a huge ask. Yeah. There are plenty of coping strategies that can help you process your emotions in a healthy way. You could try activities like keeping a journal, use a journal to write down your thoughts and feelings, both the good and the bad, the pros and the cons, the negative and the positive, whatever you want to call it. Always exercising. Exercising is not therapy. Therapy is therapy. But exercise releases chemicals that just make you simply feel good. So find a way of moving your body that's fun for you without judging your fitness level. If you're not someone who likes to lift weights, don't go lifting weights. If you're not somebody who likes to go for a run, don't go go for a run. Find something that you enjoy. Don't make it a chore. Trying a new hobby. Creative hobbies like painting, drawing, writing, Hey, 
or even singing can help you express your feelings in a new way because it's simply about expressing yourself and getting your story out of your head. Sometimes a manic or depressive episode can escalate. And so it's important to have an emergency plan in place before that happens. Having the tools in your arsenal ready to go is a huge factor in healing, is a major benefit in your your corner. Together with a mental health professional, create a, a written plan with a list of your medications, including the side effects, patterns of what your usual symptoms are, and what worsening symptoms look might look like. Phone numbers of people in your support network. Ask members of your support team if they are able to be part of your crisis plan before adding them to the list, though. The contact information for a designated doctor's office or hospital. And phone numbers of crisis hotlines. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely, I mean, that's usually my hang up when you see that is, it's not necessarily they were intending to do something, you know, harmful or not be helpful. But to me, what, what I hear when you, you know, you catch statements like that is we've got to, we've got to understand this better, or we've got to, you know, educate people better because that's kind of like the rhetoric, you know, uh, you know, when you're, even when you're sick, well, you need to rest, you need to lay down. And there are certain things that laying down is what you need, but that's not everything, right? So, it's, I mean, it's got to be the same for stuff like this too, that, yeah, there are things that, that like that are helpful, but, you know, you, you may have just said something that like 20 other people just said to you and you, <laughs> that was like your breaking yes. point, right? You're just like, listen, 10 other people told me to walk and it's raining outside. I can't walk and it's not going to help me. And so it just makes it worse. Um, no, I, I think that's, that's something important to say. And I appreciate you saying that, that it's a good realization I think to have that, you know, that it's good to have other things in your, in your, in your tool set. Um, you know, so that it's like, okay, I can't walk today. Like, you know, like I said, maybe it's a a day that's raining. I can't do that, but I know that works. What's something else that I can go to that has worked in other situations that I can try, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, we kind of catch people in these like do this, and that's going to help. And yes, it might, but it also may not. Um, so what do you what, what do you do then with with people? Let me ask that. What when they come to you and they they've said something like that, and it's like they were trying to be helpful, but you can feel it in your in in the back of your throat that it's like, oh, I just want to be like, listen, <laughs> that was not what I need to say. How do you how do you approach somebody like that, and how can we better approach? situations um of that nature because i feel like you know whether you've got a family member that you know has generations of like not dealing with mental illness or just a friend that like thinks they know everything to say and that's just my my, that might not be the right thing to say at that moment what what would you what would your advice be to someone to to help kind of not get in their situation again um i always handle it the same whether it's a stranger a family member um, I always give them benefit of the doubt, assume, you know, they had good intentions and just explain that um, I know you're trying to help me. Um, just know that that can actually do more harm than good. Sometimes we do try to do that and it puts on extra stress for us. 
And some days, just like I said, getting out of bed is a huge win for us. Um, another way to be supportive is just to say, you know, I'm here if you need to talk. Just leaving it open for that person yeah. to reach out. Because that's, you know, that's human nature. And I absolutely understand that, that, you know, we want to we want to fix everything and anything. And sometimes that means that, you know, for some people, that's like I got to be there 24 seven and, and always be like, you know, asking the right question, doing the right things and providing the right answers and all that. But sometimes, like you said, you know, it's it's really just about letting you know that you're you're there, you know, and you use that how you will. It, you know, it's probably goes back to the whole saying of, you know, you can take a horse to water, but you can't, can't make them drink. Right. It's probably the same thing in that nature that it's like, at least knowing that it's there to take that drink is probably a huge relief for some people. It's like, okay, I don't need to, I don't need it just yet, but at least I know that, that that's there. Um, And I think that's probably, you know, I mean, you mentioned therapy and I think that's, that's unfortunately like become like the, the new buzzword of like how to fix things. But I think that's what people have to understand that that's, ultimately what therapy is is just kind of having that safety net right of, of you know okay that's somebody objective to talk to and not only the objective they also have the right you know knowledge and education and background to properly answer those questions um so just touch real quick like upon when you first maybe started therapy to to where it where it is ultimately ended up like what would you what was your perception then and what's your perception now of it uh, probably the same as it was with everything, you know, therapy wasn't for me. It's not going to do anything. Didn't want to be there. I've done all kinds of different treatments. Um, some weren't for me. Um, there was one, I can't think of what it's called, um, where you did homework and basically what you wanted to do was try to live with your symptoms, not change them. And that ended up stressing me out more. So if you're anxious, you want to accept that you're anxious and feel the anxiety. And that ended up being really bad for me. Um, I think that's something that people have to realize is you might go through a treatment plan and it's just not for you. And the key is don't give up. Just try a different treatment plan until you find something that's a good fit for you. That was that was a good like end to the sentence each time. I don't know if people will pick up on that, but I just want to accentuate the fact that every time you ended that sentence, it was for me. And I think that's beautiful Mm -hmm. to say, because it's like, it's not a discredit to like what the person was trying to do or what the, you know, the, the therapy quote unquote was, but it was like, okay, nope, I, that's not working, but maybe somebody else, but next. Um, That's great. I like, I love when you said that though. Yeah. And I mean, the person too, you might not click with that one person. So make sure you give them a chance. But if you feel like you need to see someone else, that's okay also, because this is for your mental health. And sometimes it takes a few people for you to click with someone. So if you had to kind of give somebody like the, like the, the cliche, this is what I want you to walk away with, uh, the point of inspiration or that one like clip of a moment that like, yeah, okay, I'm going to pay attention to what everything she said just now. Um, what would you leave people with? What would be that one statement? Um, 
Um, probably that you're amazing the way you are. Don't let, you know, the stigma bring you down. And there's always help for you if you ever need it. I think, I mean, you know, it's, it's always the simple things that we forget, right? You know, especially when it comes to this. And that's hard, you know, when you, you feel like you're always living in a cloud and, and everything is constantly dark seeming. Um, you know, you kind of tend to forget those, those simple things that, again, like we've said, you know, it's not, not necessarily the thing that's going to change everything, but it's at least one step in the direction towards the light. Um, so thank you for sharing your, your story. Sharing your support and your advice, and on top of that, because I, you know, I think a lot of times when you hear stories like this, people are just like, you know, this is what I'm going through, and not necessarily like how I've come out on this end of it, not even the other end, but on this end, and how to extend a hand um, for others altogether. Bipolar disorder is not your fault, and part of treatment is learning to accept yourself just as you are. People with bipolar disorder can live full, happy lives. Setting realistic treatment goals and sticking to them with help from your support system can set you up to make some seriously positive strides in your life. Thank you to Brianna for sharing her story of triumph over trauma in the face of bipolar disorder. You can find out how to reach Brianna and learn more about her journey on her blog, which you can find a link for in the show notes. What's Your Story is produced by me, JD, with piano music by Chad Lawson. The stories, though, are all yours, the listener. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. Most of all, though, thanks to you for tuning into this show, What's Your Story, and helping me shed some much-needed light on mental illness. If there's something that resonated with you today, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter or by leaving the show a review. Lastly, take a moment to sign up for the newsletter. It's free, and you can find it over on the website, fragilemoments.org. You'll get free mental health advice right to your inbox. Take care of yourself out there and be sure to check in with your friends and family, all of them. Namaste.